I love having everybody together. Sundays like this where it is icy and snowy, um, it's better to snuggle a little bit. It's better to bring everybody together, bring the coals of the fire together than just spread out um, amongst the sanctuary here. We've got numbers of families just because of the roads and such that are joining us live stream. And so we just want to greet everybody in the name of Jesus and thank you for for being with us and joining with us during my, during my, my, during my series. How diva was that? During our series here at K-First, our vision series called I Am Church. If you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read Mark 4 in just a little bit. And if you are, um, if you've been raised in church, grown up in church, uh, I'm just going to help uh, just kind of leapfrog off of a very familiar portion of scripture uh, that most of us have known about, most of us have heard in, in, in kids' church or Sunday school growing up with the flannel graph. I swear that's still the best illustration thing ever. Uh, I remember proposing a 20-foot flannel graph on the platform at one point to do a whole series on parables, and that was expensive. So guess what? We didn't do that. Anyways, um, we're going to dive in today and just believe that God's going to open up our hearts. And my prayer is that God would move us into deeper places. Uh, my heart is to take our church into deeper places. Uh, I hear often from pastors that uh, one of their biggest struggles is connecting people and discipleship, and more specifically, discipleship. And I hear from pastors over and over, what's the answer, what's the answer, what's the answer? And for some of you, you're thinking, just give people the Bible. I'm like, oh, they're going to go to Revelation and they get confused. Uh, they're going to go to Leviticus and start stoning people. All right, no, 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 no. Um, we want to create a pathway of discipleship at K-First, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then next week, I think, will be uh, the crux of the series as we launch out uh, exactly what do tables look like, what does training look like, and what do teams look like, and how do we involve serving, how do we involve relationships, how do we involve discipleship every single week in our lives? Because I don't know about you, we can't live Sunday by Sunday. We just can't do that. We don't eat once a week. Um, we don't work out once a week. We work out once a year. Come on. Um, we want some, I got some amens going on. But we want to get a, an ethos of K first that we want to do more than just find Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Help our hearts today, Lord. Help our lives. We just want to know you in such an intimate way. And Lord, I pray just before any words are really truly spoken from this message, I pray that you would impact all of us and give us a next step in following you. Jesus, you did not call us to create converts. You've called us to make disciples. And forgive us, Lord, forgive this pastor for falling short. And help us, Lord, to have an atmosphere and even a reputation that we want to do more than just show people who Jesus is. But Lord, we want to help people to know how to follow what they have been revealed with. We give you all the honor and all the praise, and I thank you, Lord, for a couple weeks in a row of the lions not losing. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Some of you are like, they haven't played. Exactly. All right. How many of you like to cook? Anybody, any cooks out there? My wife, you're a good cook. You should raise your hand. Oh, she doesn't like to cook. I love to cook. Cooking is relaxing. Chopping vegetables, that's like, that's soothing. Some of you are going to invite me over just to prepare meals so you can cook the meals. That's fine. Um, I, I love chopping. I love working with knives, that, uh, with cooking. All right? 
Don't let your, your imaginary things go in different directions here. Imaginary things. I'm really, I, I public speak for a living. <laughs> um, how many of you just like to eat, but you don't like to cook? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Some of you don't raise your hands at all for anything, and I'm judging you. So, um, I think we're the God's greatest gifts to this world. And I believe that Mary had one when baby Jesus was being raised. Um, it's something we call the crock pot. I love a crock pot. I mean, the crock pot, you could just put something in there like three days before you need it, and it's ready whenever you want it. No, I don't do that. Remember the This Is Us episode where, you know, a city burnt down because of a crock pot. Um, I'm slightly exaggerating. So I love the crock pot. You put something in there and we'll put a soup in there or uh, God's gift to humanity, pot roast, into a crock pot. Oh, I love a pot roast. Um, putting ham, we put whatever in there. I love a good crock pot. And then all of a sudden something else came along because every time I talk about good crock pot meals or something that Ann made in a crock pot, I get these Pharisees that rise up, these stuck up people like, you still use a crock pot? Let me tell you about the Instant Pot. How advanced is the Instant Pot? This one has an app, all right? All I did was Google search Instant Pot because we don't own an Instant Pot because we're humble people. Um, I am so humble, let me tell you. All right, the Instant Pot apparently cooks things a lot faster but does all the things the crock pot does. It will you know, take cooking times down by hours and, you know, does your taxes, clips your toenails and changes the oil in your car. And it's, you know, crock pot, people are like, oh, that's so like, that's so 1800 Civil War, but the Instant Pot, it's a miracle worker. All right, I don't know what you're thinking and where your world resides in. Oh, I forgot, no, I should have added on there was the, was it the air fryer? Those are the voodoo people, all right? <laughs> Just a, a little bit of oil and it immediately the world is solved and you're healthier, but it has the word fryer in it. So I think you're lying, okay? So we're gonna stick to the Instant Pot. We're gonna stick to the Crock Pot uh, because most of us want the Instant Pot results when it comes to our spiritual walk, but we really have a Crock Pot God. But Pastor Dave, I raised my hand. Why isn't my world fixed? Because there's a difference between salvation and transformation. I'm gonna tell you something. When my kids popped out, well, not, didn't happen like that. But it, can I tell you, they didn't start walking. They didn't start talking. They didn't start asking me for things on Amazon or putting it in my Amazon cart or anything of that nature. They didn't. They cost a lot in the beginning and they cost more now. Let's not get on that. But there's a difference between salvation and the results that we are wanting. But, and most of us don't realize that God wants to grow something in your life that is deeper and lasts longer than the moment of crisis you are in. And many of us measure the power of God based upon the moment of crisis and never looking at the long game or the long haul of what God truly wants to do in and through our lives. And this is so important because when it comes to spiritual growth, you've got to look at the long haul. You've got to look at spiritual growth. That true transformation will probably, probably, probably go slower than you want or think. 
Well, God, can't God just deliver that person from that terrible addiction? Yes, but that's not, I, I find that's usually the exception because I usually see that God doesn't just wanna bring us to the place of blessing, but most of the time, the blessing isn't the goal, it is the transformation on my way to the blessing. Like, we gotta just give people tithing. Well, I, I agree, I would like them to tithe. I wanna bless our missionaries more. I love to bless the ministries more. Well, if we just, just get them giving and just give them, then they're gonna realize the blessing. But I've learned that when people approach issues of tithing or issues of serving, that the process that it takes to get there is many times that which God is actually trying to do. Because the goal is not to get them to write a check. The goal is to give them a generous heart. We have a crockpot God and we have Instapot desires and expectations. In fact, just simply write this down because I think it's important that all of us understand that when it comes to this, salvation happens in an instant, transformation happens over time. Salvation happens in an instant. Well, if I just have to lift up my hand? No, the hand is, I just like lifting hands, you know why? Because there's just something about putting physical response to an inward decision. And I love having people lift up their hand and make a decision. But the reality is when you put your faith, you put your trust, you say, Jesus, I trust you with my life. There is a moment where that faith all of a sudden explodes something in your heart and you've invited the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Salvation isn't just like a long-term like development. It's an instantaneous moment. You put your faith in Jesus instantaneously. You are in Christ. You are saved. Uh, we used to say in the back in the 80s, you are born again. They all say the same thing. And that is an instant by the transformation that we want to see in our spouse or that we want to see in our kids or that we want to see in our pastor because he's off and he's weird and he talks about things that pertain to nothing. All of the things that we're looking to see develop many times, many times, most of the time take place over time. And that's why it's important for us to look at various scriptures to give us reminders of that, like Mark chapter four. It says, Mark chapter four, verse one, again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered around him, so he got into the boat, sat on it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds devoured it. Now, I want, if you're not familiar, think of the seed as the gospel. The invitation to new life and full life. And he's saying some people, when the gospel goes out, their hearts are like asphalt. And it hits it, their heart maybe is kind of hard to the gospel and the birds of the air swoop down and eat it. And it says, some fell along the path and the birds devoured, verse five, and other seed fell upon rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up and since it had no depth of soil. 
This is the type of person, when it's talking about the soil, he's talking about people. These are the people that are kind of committed, like we'll be committed on Sunday, but we won't be committed to Christ the other days of the week. We're only committed to Christ on days that begin with S-U-N. And so maybe you got a kind of commitment or a sort of commitment, but the problem is, is when there's half-hearted commitment, that means there's very little roots. And because there's very little roots, when things happen or things take place, it can easily pull the plant up out. It says, when the sun rose, it was scorched since it had no root and it withered away. Verse seven, other seeds fell upon thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell on good soil that produced grain growing up and increasing uh, and yielding 30 fold, 60 fold and a hundred fold. Look at that. Seeds fell upon thorns, areas that had weeds grow up, areas for, for which it was more than just soil that was ready for seed, it already had something in it. And one passage specifically says that as the roots or as they fruit, as the plants grew up, the thorns would choke it. And it shows that when the things of this life, when the matters of life happen, the matters of life can choke off the life that was meant to grow. And this stuff happens through seasons. Now there's just a beautiful, simplistic brilliance to the story of Jesus and the stories that he shares. And because he deals with an agricultural community, it's why we see a lot of his parables have to do with seeds and soil. And for this, when we talk about growing in Christ, and when we talk about discipleship and what discipleship is, is the process of becoming, and in this context, it's our process of becoming more like Christ. Many times we could see our life in terms of how things grow and how things move. And what can we do to make sure that we are keeping ourselves on the track of spiritual growth. It is my desire as a pastor that every single one of us grow spiritually. It is not my heart as a pastor that you all have to grow at the same rate. You don't. Some of you got a long way to go. Some of you, I hope to be like you one day. We're all in different places. And it's not a matter of getting us all on the same track, but getting you on the same page that we all We need to grow to become more like Christ every single day. And there are some days I feel like I succeed and there are other days I'm like, why am I even a pastor who wants to listen to this failure? We're all there. But real spiritual growth does not have any type of instantaneous move. And so what we've done is I've created for you uh, a little bit of a spiritual growth pattern. So, boy, this is like Price is Right here. So let me show you a little bit of a pattern that's going to help us understand spiritual growth. It first starts off with an awakening. This is where you've come to the realization of the love, the compassion, the mercy of Jesus Christ, where you've come to realize that, hey, apart from Christ, I'm dead. I'm nothing. That my sin is what, my sin is what condemns me, my sin and my, my fault and every bit of brokenness. I have no hope by myself and with in myself. I can't self-love myself to a place of heaven, but I realize that Jesus loved me. In fact, the fact the Father loved me so much that he sent his one, one and only Son that whoever believes has this awakening to the love and the compassion of Jesus shall not die but live forever. And that's why we celebrate when people say yes to Jesus, because what are they doing when they say yes? They're having an awakening an awakening to Jesus. 
an awakening to his love, an awakening to his mercy and his, just how awesome and amazing that God is. And that's why on Sundays, when we say, hey, let's give God glory for three people or four people or two people or one person who've given their lives to Christ, is we celebrate when people have an awakening to the reality that Jesus is alive, that he is real, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as much as he delivered people back then, he is still doing it day by day. And that's why we will always be a church that will celebrate every yes. But pastor, my friend raises their hand every single week. You know what? I wish we all would raise our hands every single week because every single week just waking up and being reawakened that man, God is so good. And he puts up with a lot of crap from me and he puts up with a lot of patience and he's still growing me. He's still working in me. And if we start losing our celebration of the awakening, we will cease to grow in Jesus. This is where we all start. This is where, this is how we do it. Sorry, 80s. This is where we're at. And we go from awakening to the place of changing. I love the place or the season of changing. This is where you've had this awakening and all of a sudden you start reading your Bible and, and nobody's making you read your Bible. Oh, my, my, my spouse expects me to read a Psalm for the day. I'll pick the shortest one. Um, no, this is where you start reading and all of a sudden things start making sense. You've not only been awakened to the love of Jesus, but as you begin to read on how, on how Jesus loved his enemies, as Jesus loved people who are broken, as Jesus stood up for those who were ostracized and, and pushed away to be in the outskirts of community, as you begin to see how God moved throughout the Old Testament, we just see the mercy of God when humanity in the book of Genesis turned their back on God. Instead of destroying them, God covered them. And from that moment on, God began to prepare the way of redemption through Jesus Christ. And it's there that all of a sudden things begin to change. Worship service turns from Christian karaoke. Let me just sing what's on the screens with the great worship band. All of a sudden, the words on the screen, they begin to connect with the awakening in your heart. All of a sudden, the God who, the God of miracles, wait, the God of miracles is the one that saved me. And all of a sudden, your hands begin to lift up a little bit because all of a sudden, the inward decision begins to manifest in, a, in an outward expression. And your hands are being lifted up and you might start off slow like ninja style so nobody sees and that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with the ninja style. And you go to, the, to holding the loaf of bread style and then you go to touchdown. That's all good. I don't care what you call it. But you begin to see something change in your life as you begin to see more than words of the song. You begin to see the cry of your own heart as you're looking toward God and you begin to realize that I'm doing more than singing a song in an, in an open space with people. I'm expressing my heart to the one that awakened my soul. Man, all of a sudden, you begin to take on characteristics of Jesus. You begin to exercise patience, love, compassion. And also other things begin to change as you begin to see that there are habits and things that you used to do that are inconsistent with the life that follows Jesus. Because how in the world can we get awakened by God but yet keep on sinning just because that's our personality? That's not your personality, that's who you used to be. And if you've been awakened by the Spirit of God, if you've been awakened to the love of Jesus and what he has done, then this is a natural flow that you go from awakening and you begin to change. And listen, the change does not happen overnight. Some of you still have some things that have got to be worked through. There are a few Dallas Cowboy fans in the place, and so we, we know that God has patience. i got a Packers fan down here. We won't bring him up right now because they're in the playoffs. And so... 
But this is where change begins to get into our hearts. And nevertheless, we come to the place that one of my favorite authors, his name is Pete Scarzero, he calls the place the wall. And I don't know about you, I've hit the wall before in my spiritual walk. You know, I should have put plural on here. I've hit walls before in my spiritual walk. Oh, I gotta tell you, I had this student um, for his grad present from his parents, they brought him a brand new, and now you gotta go back to like the 1990s, a brand new yellow neon for his grad gift. And that week he got into a car accident. And I'm like, dude, what happened? He goes, I got hit by a pile of rocks. I'm like, how do you get hit by a pile of rocks? Like, were you driving by a construction site and they just dropped it on? He goes, no, there's this huge pile of cement that some of the workers at our neighborhood put in the street and, and it hit me. I'm like, you keep using that word. I do not think that means what you think it means. I'm like, no, 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 no. You hit the pile. Well, yeah, but it kind of hit me. I'm like, no. You hit a, and I, I drove up and I actually saw it. It's like 10 feet tall. How do you miss this? But you also got to know the student that was driving. So, and nevertheless, it's a wall. And the wall doesn't necessarily hit you, but it's a wall that we all hit. The wall is something that most of us would never wish upon ourselves or any other people. But nevertheless, it is inevitable when it comes to our spiritual walk. It becomes a place in our life where all of a sudden, some of the spiritual practices that we had been doing in our walk, they don't seem like they work like they used to work before. Maybe the way we did devotions or the way we tried to practice patience. I do this a lot today. Um, just the things happened and they're not happening like they used to. And it seems like things aren't working. Like my passion isn't there anymore. There is a wall. If you are a runner, you know about the wall. Now you don't find the wall when you run a 5k. I've run a number of 5ks and I've never hit a wall on a 5k, but I remember the first time I ran a 10k and all of a sudden around mile three, when I'm normally done with a 5k, I begin to hit a wall and curse underneath my breath, my commitment to the stupid 10k. I will never run a 10k again. And you just hit this wall of fatigue and you want to quit and you're just angry. And you're just, you know, you're like, I'm going to scream at somebody if they try to pass me at this moment. You're not at your Jesus best right around mile three on a 10k. That's just Dave Berenger. But we all get to the place where we just hit something and nothing isn't working like it used to. And you know what? This is more than just a spiritual thing. This happens in our careers, doesn't it? On your job, you just hit a wall. Momentum. Sometimes people got put in front of you for promotions. Um, oh, let's get a little personal. Has this ever happened in your marriage? Nobody's shaking their head yes. So right now, not, not, not me and Ann, I'm just... One of you guys, honey, we're good. I love you. <laughs> but a place where, where our passion go? Where are we at now? The way we used to communicate, it's just not working the way it used to anymore. Pastor Dave says something about love languages. That's just not a real deal. I'm just going to keep talking the way that I am and then we'll get past the wall. I don't have to change. We're just going to keep being the same. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And we keep hitting this wall. The wall comes in just numbers of ways. It could be life change. This could be your age. Season that you're in. 
something has taken place in your family. How about this? Some of you have gotten so spiritually exhausted in this area, doing things for God, that all of a sudden you realize the point of this was not really the doing for God, but living in response to who he is. And times that we get, we hit a spiritual wall because we've been doing, doing, doing and not seeing the results that we thought we were going to get. Or there are times I've hit the spiritual wall because I was praying for something specific and God did not come through the way that I wanted him to come through. It didn't mean that God didn't come through. He just didn't come the way that I preferred it, which is always the way that I want God to work. But the wall nevertheless is something that we all hit. Some of us are waiting and we've hit the wall. Or maybe we could have put the word plateau. You've hit a spiritual plateau where everything has just flattened out. And many of us curse the wall. Many of us hate the wall. Some of you here, you are spiritually frustrated right now. You know what? I lose people from this church and from this congregation because of the wall. Because I begin to hear things like, you're not feeding me anymore. I'm not being fed enough. Pastor Dave, it's just not doing it for me any longer. And I, I get those notes. I get those things all the time. This is not, you know, I, I know what they're saying, but I've learned that people leave churches. Uh, this church, the atmosphere just isn't what I want or what I need anymore. And what I venture to say is what you need is not necessarily a new atmosphere. Something new has to change in you because the problem is, is you can be up against a wall, change the atmosphere, but guess who hasn't changed? You. And so we're in this place where you hit the wall and the wall is, is a place where one of two things happen. Either your faith grows up or your faith blows up. You get to the place where you hit the wall and you can blame Pastor Dave and my shoulders are big enough. I'm fine with that. Post about me later about that. I'm okay with that. I'll just untag myself. You hit the wall and you can just blow everything up. I just need another awakening. I just need more change. But you guess what you're gonna hit? You're gonna hit the same wall that you haven't got past to begin with. And if you're in this place and you feel like you are up against the wall, or maybe you know somebody that's going through a spiritual plateau, they're just in a spiritual frustrating place right now. Can, can I help you to be a support to them in the house today? Here's what I don't want you to do. I do not want you to fix them. Don't fix them. It's not your job. Please do not tell them, if you just read this, everything's going to be okay. This is not the nicotine patch. We just slap it on your arm and everything's gonna be good. Well, just pray more and God will, God will, God will show. I, I'm all about prayer. I believe in prayer. I pray every day and just Praying it out doesn't get rid of it. There is something deeper that takes place. And so let me encourage, if you're up against a spiritual wall today, number one, you are not an anomaly. Number two, you're not in the place of sin. Well, you hit a wall spiritually, you need to go talk to Jesus because I bet you've been into pornography or something. Oh, no, 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 no. I bet you're into witchcraft. No. Sometimes you hit this wall in this place not because of any sin, but I want you to understand that what feels like a wall is actually more like a front door. Spiritual walls are not there to block you. The devil will tell you it's there to block you. God's gonna tell you it's a front door. 
because resistance lives on the border of breakthrough. You all need to write that down this morning. Resistance lives on the border of breakthrough. That just because you feel some resistance in your spiritual walk doesn't mean you need a new awakening. You don't necessarily need a new awakening. You've had the awakening. You begin to change. You're gonna come to the place where you can either stay the way you've always been or you can begin to go through and see breakthrough because on the other side of breakthrough is when you get to the deeper things of God. You begin to see things deeper. You begin to dive in. You're like, why do we have to go through the process? Because it's like swimming. I don't think your dad, when you were two years old, said, hey, there's a deep end and kicked you in there. If he did, we'll set counseling up for you after. You know where I started? I started in the shallow end with my floaties. Why my voice went up, I don't know. But at some point for me to get past, you know what the wall was? Our trailer park had a, had a pool and we had that long rope with the little floaty things on there. And, and I can get to, out to my tippy toes at one point out to the floaty things. And you know what? It's all fun. It's all great on the one end and the shallow end. But at some point I wanted the diving board. I wanted to do the other things the other kids were doing. I wanted to be able to, to see what's out there. I remember we were throwing our quarters at the bottom of the pool. We're all leaping in to see who gets the quarter first. I remember seeing all of that take place. And some of us, we could sit and linger here and I venture to say it's where a lot of people are at but you want to go deeper hand me the mic if you want to go deeper you've got to press through the wall we're going evangelist style now resistance lives on the border of breakthrough you want to see breakthrough in your spiritual walk you're going to have resistance because if the enemy can't keep you from, from waking up, well, I'm more woke than other people. Okay, diva. If the devil can't stop you from awakening, he'll stop you from growing. At one point, he's okay losing one soul, so to speak. He can't take someone being effective. Because all of a sudden, you begin to dive in. You begin to go into deeper places. And this is the place where you're no longer looking for hype but you're looking for deep things. It's in this place where you begin to look for spiritual mentors. Let me tell you, this week, it was the best thing. All of a sudden, I got a phone call from my mentor and I missed the call. I'm like, did I do something? I can't believe it. I'm like, I in trouble. Why is he calling me out of the blue? You know what he called me up? My spiritual dad called me up just to pray over me. Like, man, I need more spiritual dads and moms in my life. But when you get past the place of the wall, you know what takes you to the deeper things? It's when you begin to ask for help. You begin to look for spiritual mentors. You become more aware of the love of God. You begin to realize how deep the love of God is, how deep the Holy Spirit has things for you. You begin to realize his peace and his wisdom. You begin to realize his direction is so much deeper. And there's so much more to gather here. And you go from the place of diving in to the place where you begin to live out everything everything that you've been experiencing. You begin to live out all of this deep stuff. You get woken up and you travel through and you get here. You know what your next step is going to be? As you're living out, all of a sudden, God does a new awakening. I remember the days of crying my eyes out. I've shared this before. Complaining to Ann, I don't make me go in church. Don't make me go in church. Don't make me go in church. Don't make me go in that place again. And I was the youth pastor. 
I was so broken up against a wall of where I was at spiritually and in my call that I was begging my wife not to make me go in church. And it's bad when the guy that's paid to go to church can't go to church. I was broken. But when you get through, you begin to realize, you live it out, and you come back, and God gives you a fresh awakening. You know what? I am glad that when I get through the wall and I get to this place, that to me, this is not the place to say where I've arrived, but God helps me to realize I haven't arrived because it brings me back to a place of a new awakening. And all of a sudden, worship takes on a whole new realm. Giving takes on a whole new realm. Serving takes on a whole new realm. And I begin to see changes happen in my life. I start being a better husband and a better dad and a better pastor in that order. I become a better citizen. And then I hit a wall. But I remember what God did before and I know he's going to do it again. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know the resistance is always on the border of breakthrough. So I work, I get through the wall because there's deeper things. And I look for other people to speak into my life. I look for deeper things that draw me into the scriptures. Deeper things to find ways to serve. And I begin to live it out. And when I'm done, when I'm living it out, all of a sudden God brings me back here. And you can want to skip any of these. But can I tell you this morning, every season is actually dependent upon the other. They need each other. Well, can I go from getting woke all the way to uh, living it out? No. Because when you get woke, you gotta let the Spirit of God begin to change. And you're gonna hit a wall. Don't speak that over our lives. Y'all gonna hit walls. I'll say it. Sometimes there's tragedy that makes you hit a wall. Sometimes it begins with an email. Sometimes it begins with just... A rough day. Sometimes, some of you have been at the wall for a decade or two because your spiritual experience has just been lingering in the shallow end. You got woke, you, have, you begin to change, and you actually have never surpassed this, and you've been angry, and you're trying to figure out why you're so spiritually hangry. Because you've been feasting on shallow stuff, and God's ready to have you feast on the deep stuff. And it's not the devil keeping you back. I almost built a brick wall. I wanted to put that because the enemy hasn't built a wall in front of you that you can't push away. It's time to push through and to find deeper things. I wrote this down this week. If you see yourself in a state of, of consistent growth, you will see a greater need for discipleship. Don't tell me you don't need discipleship. I'm here to tell you, y'all need discipleship. All of you. I don't care what stage. Well, I'm practically Moses, Pastor Dave. Yeah, you need discipleship. You need discipleship. I had a lady upset at me. It's no surprise. Uh, because I said, Jesus was my pal. And we had a talk. I'm like, I think you need discipleship. What are you talking about? I'm like, because you need to see that Abraham was a friend of God. And oh, what manner the love the Father has given unto us that we would be called sons and daughters of God. That I can walk with him every single day and I don't have to cower before him, but Hebrews says I can be bold. And talk to him about the lions and also talk to him about my depression, which are probably connected. (laughs) 
go through stages. We go through these places. And the reason why I wanted to put this up and we put up the graphic in a circular pattern is because you and I are in a constant state of growth. Don't stop your growth because you feel a wall. Don't stop your growth because you can't see a next step because there's resistance. Because resistance will always be right there on the cusp, on the border of the breakthrough God desires. So the question is, what season do you find yourselves in? And what I would challenge anybody to do is this, is identify the season that you're in and be present in the season. You don't grow by skipping. You get soul level work by being present in the season where you're in. This is, I almost see this place like the seeds in the sower. And the problem is we get to the wall and if we don't push through, we become like the seeds that fell upon the, sometimes the rocky soil gets in here, but also the thorny soil and the wall and the things of life wanna come and choke life out from us. God has a deeper life, but there's deeper life beyond the wall. And at K First, one of the things that we are gonna be working on for the foreseeable future is to help equip you to walk deeper. Next week, we'll talk about uh, training. We're gonna talk about tables and we're also going to talk about teams. Now, the training I'm excited about because next month, we're gonna be launching specific classes to help you go deeper in specific areas. For example, we're gonna do a class on how do you read the Bible? I, can't, I am so excited about that. I'm gonna do a class specifically on getting emotionally grown and mature. I wanna talk about emotional discipleship. We're gonna teach on prayer. We're gonna talk about how to practically follow Jesus. But those are in specific areas. But one of my prayers is that God would grow in this church what I call organic discipleship. And in February, we're going to begin launching organic discipleship. You see, for the long game for K-First, y'all remember the amount of pastors that were up there? I've had so many people write, wow, someone stayed one year, two years, three years. Yes. It's, it's the way of K-First where we've had multiple pastors that have served here. And that's been an honor and a privilege. But I think for the long game, not for a pastor, but for a people that we have to have more than a program of discipleship. We have to have a mode of discipleship. We have to have a place where we get past the plateau and to begin to elevate our relationship with God. For those that are living at the wall, you're irritated. Maybe in your spiritual walk, you feel aimless. Maybe you feel you're here right now and your passion is lost. I wanna help with that. If you're taking notes or pull out your iPhones, I want you to write down a date for me. And I'm just realizing right now, I failed to put the graphic up there. We'll have a graphic made for the next four weeks. On February the 9th at six o'clock, we want to invite those that maybe just feel like you're at a wall and you're ready to do more than just have, be trained in how to read the Bible or trained in emotional discipleship. But you want to jump into what we would call the lifestyle of a believer. I'm talking about a year long process of mentoring growing with somebody 
And the process is not to get just to a better you on the other side. The goal isn't just to teach something and to release you. The goal is that we at K-First would grow disciples so that those disciples will grow disciples, so that we grow disciples, so that we grow disciples, because we can't do this by ourselves. And we need people that are willing to come alongside of those that are in a place where I am at the wall. I feel like I've plateaued. I feel like I've lost my passion. I feel like, man, I just can't see what's in front of me. I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated in my spiritual walk. And what you don't need is an awakening. You need somebody that will come alongside you, that will walk you through the wall. And the wall is something that we can journey through together. Why? So that we can get to the deeper things. And not just the deeper things, we can live it out so that when more people get woke up. Guess what we've got now? Disciples that will walk alongside them through every season of every journey. Wouldn't it be amazing that every person that ever called this place their church home can tell us right here, here's who I journey with in discipleship. Here's who I'm growing with. Here's who I'm growing right now. Imagine for every hand that went up on a Sunday morning to choose Jesus, immediately had somebody that said, I'm going to help you grow and chose to walk somebody through every season. Imagine no convert, no saved, no born again person ever journeyed alone. Imagine having an addict coming that just needed somebody that loved Jesus but needed someone to walk him through. Imagine if we had somebody and we had an ethos and an organism within this church that had nothing to do with Pastor Day, but everything to do with this is the mode of K-First. We are a people that disciple. And on February the 9th from 6 to 7.30, we're gonna do an orientation. We have got a team of people. This is not about Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave is not teaching it. If you banked it on Pastor Dave, you're here for the wrong reason. I'm calling this church to a deeper place. I don't wanna lead church to a wall. I want to knock walls down. I want to push past walls. I want to push past to the place where we go from surface knowledge of our walk with Jesus, get to the place. I want to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to people move in the prophetic gifts. I want to see miracles and healings take place. I want to see people living it out in the highways and the byways of life. I want to see great effective witnesses. And then I want to see that God wake them all back up again and take them to deeper places. I want it said that the ethos of this church is not about a personality, but about a people that we actually look like the church that Jesus came and died for. February 2nd. You're going to hear me talk about this more again next week. You're going to hear me bring it up again when Pastor Juan is here. You're going to hear me talk about the week after. We are getting people to dive deeper. The title of my message is simply this, on the other side of the wall. And that's where we're going to take you, to the other side of the wall. Write something down as I wrap up. Write this down. I am not all that I want to be, but I am not all I used to be. Can you say that with me? I'm not all that I want to be. This is participatory here. Live stream, help us out. I always wanted to say that. I am not all that I want to be. I am not all what I used to be. Some of you need the evidence of God, that God still cares about you because you're at the wall. You know what I want you to do is look behind you and see what you used to be. There's evidence. God didn't bring you to a wall to stop you. 
He's working something out inside you. And there are times that God brings us to a wall, not to punish us, sometimes it's to empty us out. And the effort and the steps forward and taking intentional choices like discipleship, mentoring, growing, brings that out. Last night, at a spiritual time of the night between uh, halftime of the Ravens and the Titans, I actually wrote this down in my notes. I had this, kind of this cool moment. I just simply said, the breakthrough that you're hoping for, the victory you are yearning for, the dream you are working for might be one decision away. And the decision is, say it with me, move forward. You know what's cool? I, man, I don't know why I'm crying about this. It's during worship, one of our disciples came over and he said these words and he didn't even know what was in my notes. I thought, this is so freaking cool. I shouldn't say freaking on a Sunday morning. But he came over and he's like, I feel like the Holy Spirit in between the last two songs said that there are people that just need to, and he used the words, step out. And immediately I wrote the word step out. I put it underneath the words, move forward. I'm like, he doesn't even know what the last point of my entire message is. But this is my message right here. The breakthrough you're wanting, the victory that you're looking for, the dreams that you've had for your spiritual walk with Jesus. It just honestly might be a step forward of obedience. So just move forward. The enemy has shackled me. No, he hasn't. That's a lie. Look down at your feet. There's no shackle. Might be a tether. I don't know what some of you have done. But there's no shackles. It's a lie. Move forward. Would you bow your heads with me? bowed and eyes closed. I feel this morning there's some of you today that just need to wake up. You need to wake up. I've talked longer than I really wanted to talk today, but I want to give the opportunity for some to wake up and say today, maybe you have been, maybe the life that you have been living has only pursued yourself. Maybe because of something that's happened in your life, you've kept God at arm's length. Maybe because you thought God was keeping you at arm's length. And maybe this morning you're realizing that God's arm is not held out to you to keep you from coming to him. In fact, his arms are held out to you to hold you. And there's a massive difference. Maybe you felt unsavable and unlovable by God. I don't know what some preachers convinced you that God just hates your guts. He just wants to keep distance from you, but I'm here to tell you that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him, whoever, 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 not givers of the church, it's whoever, not, not this type of person or this color person or this background person, it's whoever. And you know who the whoever is? It's all of us in this room here. But if you're in the whoever and today, you're saying, Pastor Dave, I am ready. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. Today is my wake up day. 
And today I'm waking up to the fact that God loves me so much. And all I need to do is put my faith, put my trust, my life's trust in Him. I'm ready to wake up to that. I'm ready to follow Jesus. If that's here this morning, would you just slip up your hands and say, Pastor Dave, I'm ready to wake up today. I want to wake up to the love of God today. I just want to look around to give all opportunities to anybody that's not following Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray that our lives would reflect a state of growth. That our lives would reflect a place where we don't stop pursuing you, even though sometimes it's not easy because life happens. Life just happens. If you're here today and you feel like you're at a spiritual wall, maybe you're just frustrated, maybe it just feels your walk with Jesus feels monotonous. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, if I feel like I'm at a spiritual wall right now. Yeah, there's his hands going up. That's awesome. I'm at a spiritual wall. Lost my passion. Let me just pray for you. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God, I just feel your presence in this place. I pray that today that there would be breakthrough. I pray that right now that there would almost, they almost feel a, a breaking taking place. Just a breakthrough, a, a new resolve that doesn't necessarily stop the feeling, but a resolve that says, this is not the end. This is a beginning to the deep end. This is a simple rope and there's nothing holding me back. And Lord, I pray a tenacious spirit that would move forward that would move forward. That they would just dive into your presence and move forward. I pray over Monday that when they wake up and they feel like the wall is still there, Lord, I just pray this tenacious faith that would choose to look past what their feelings are telling them and say, I will dive in. I'm going to step out and go deeper. And Lord, as we prepare for February 9th, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts of our disciples, hearts of individuals across generations, across skin color, across backgrounds. God, that you would prepare us for that evening, God. Lord, I don't even know what to expect. I don't even know how many would show up. But Lord, this is one thing I do know is we can't resolve to be the same K-first we wore the past 10 years, the past 85 years. There is more. Lord, this, this city doesn't need more converts running around. They need disciples, people that are not just experiencing an awakening, but people that are trying to follow Jesus Christ. We need that bad. We need it, you God. So Lord, we pray to you, the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be all the honor and glory forever and ever and ever. And everybody said,